Stand to your feet and turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 11. It's kind of, uh, this is our um, text that we're going to be preaching out of pretty much for the entirety of this series. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 11, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. And when you get there, you can say, Amen. Amen. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's pray. Father, we have great anticipation for what you're going to say to us this morning. God, we, we honor your word. We love your word. And we're grateful, Lord God, that this word has and always will stand the test of time. No matter what man may try to say, no matter what man may try and do, your word is everlasting. And God, and to that end, Lord, we are delighted to be in your presence this morning. God, to hear what the Spirit wants to say to the church. God, I pray that you would help us to open our hearts and our ears today. God, I pray that there would be a discerning ear, that, Lord, that you would give us the ability and the capacity to be able to hear exactly what the Spirit wants to communicate to the church. And God, I do count it a privilege, Lord, to be able to stand. But, Lord, I need your grace to preach. So will you please anoint me for these next few moments to share with your people that which you have ordained from heaven. And God will be careful to give you the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We have been in a series entitled Prayer Works. And so we are in the second part of that series. And, and let me tell you, it is um, a really, really uh, wonderful series. Um, how many of you love prayer? See, see, the Lord now, that just told me how much work I got to do this morning. <laughs> so we begin last week, and I want to do by way of recap, I want to talk about uh, what we talked about last week. We talked about last week uh, the fundamentals of prayer. We define prayer as an obligation, yet a privilege to talk with God. How many know that it is an honor? It's a privilege to be able to communicate with the God of the universe. And I want you, and I want you to really digest that and take that in. That you have the opportunity to talk to a God who is not dead, but a God who is alive and control all things by the word of his power. You have a relationship with that God 
that you can talk to him anytime you want to. Somebody ought to say amen to that. We highlighted the fact that Jesus prioritized prayer. In fact, what we discovered uh, as we studied last week, that oftentimes Jesus would go off to the mountain by himself to pray. That Jesus' success in ministry was directly tied to his prayer life. I cannot underscore that enough. Many people want to do great things for God. Oh, God, I want to do great things. I want to heal the sick. I want to, I want to speak prophetically in the lives of other people. God, I, I, want, I want my prayers to, I, I want to really change some things. But how many know if we're going to be agents of change, we got to be agents of prayer? Prayer has to be at the center. In fact, you show me a man or woman of God that is doing some amazing things. And let me tell you something. They have a great prayer life. How many know prayer is the answer? So we talked about the fact that Jesus, he prioritized prayer. We also talked last week very briefly about the fact, the importance of confessing to one another and praying for one another. We talked about that God wants to help us. But how many know that if God is going to help each and every one of us, then, then you know, we got to want to help ourselves. You know what I mean by helping ourselves? That means at least we got to stick around. We got to come around. We got to open up every now and then and invite people into our lives so that we can pray. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Because the Bible said, pray for one another that you might be healed. Sometimes we're not healed because we're not praying for one another. We're not communicating, so that's an important aspect of prayer. So we also talked about what the Bible says that the effective fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Now how many of you really believe that? Because when you, listen, listen to me, you must get it into your soul and deep down into your spirit that the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. That's Bible. God said that. So if I know that the effective, fervent prayer, fervent, that means I'm engaged, it's hot, it's intense, that means that if I am really engaging and if I'm really, really believing and I'm really praying, how many know that things are going to happen? Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? Things are going to happen because the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So today I want to talk this morning very briefly about the model prayer. Uh, some of us like to refer to it as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, how, many know, how many of you know that prayer by heart? Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. But how many know there's more than just words? <laughs> See, one of the things I, the Lord has shown me, is, and, and this, is, this is one of the things that's so important, that in order for us as a people, as a church, to be able to go to the next level, we have to increase the intensity of our prayer life. Did y'all hear that? The Holy Spirit spoke, to, spoke that to me very clearly. He said, if, if, if my people, he said, tell my people, if we're going to go to the next level, because how do you know that the demons that we're facing today require some serious prayer? If you're not a prayer warrior, if you're not committed to prayer, you're going to be hoodwinked. You're going to be duped. You're going to be tricked. You hear what I'm saying? Because some of this stuff, listen to me, these battles that we're dealing with today, we've got to get on our knees and pray. 
and call on it. I'm not talking about, Lord, now lay me down to sleep. I pray, dear Lord, my soul, you keep. Amen. I, 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 that's okay for a two-year-old. But how many know that when you grow up, you got to cry out to the Lord. Lord, help us. Lord, our nation is in trouble. God, our people are in trouble. Help, Lord. So how many know we need to know how to pray strategically? We need to understand how important this is. And I, I, I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, why is it that one of the most, the least uh, uh, participated services in the church and activities that we do in the church by all the members in the church in general, I'm not just talking about foundation, that generally speaking, a lot of people do not prioritize prayer the way that they should. I began the Lord asked, and, and the Lord said, there's a couple of two things he gave me. He said, one, because it's natural. You naturally, naturally get up in the morning and you just go and you do whatever it is you want to do because you're living, you're breathing, and you're in control of your own life. You don't say that, but that's the way you live. You hear me? Secondly, God said this. God said, my people, some of them don't really know how to pray. You'd be amazed at how many people go to church don't know how to pray. You do not know that, that when it comes to prayer, let me, let me say this, and I want to say this in a way that I don't want anybody to be offended in what I'm about to say. But you should be comfortable enough in prayer that if anybody asks you to pray, that you should be able to lead somebody in a prayer. Because you talk to your father all the time. You should. Every one of us, listen, part of, this, of the assignment of this series is to get us to a point that each and every one of us, that we are excited about prayer. Not only excited about prayer, but, but listen, we, we, we love the opportunity to be able to pray in situations where people need it. Your most potent and effective weapon is prayer. Get it into your spirit. Get it into your spirit. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. So it brings us down to this point. We'll talk about the model prayer. As we began to say last week, that in Luke, you'll find the model prayer or the Lord's prayer, you'll find it two places in the New Testament. You'll find it in the Gospel of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 11, which is what we just read. You'll also find it in Matthew chapter number 6. Now, there's not much variation in uh, the, the accounts of it, but um, when, it, when Jesus was praying, the disciples were taking note. Here Jesus, he's in the garden in Luke's gospel, in Luke's version. Here Jesus is in the garden, and in, or not in the garden, but he's, he's someplace praying. We're not sure where he is, but he's praying. And the disciples are watching him. I said the disciples were watching him as he was praying. They began to see a correlation, right? They saw, watch this, they saw ministry success, prayer. Lives being changed, prayer. They begin to see it. And so as Jesus is sitting there praying, they said, Lord, teach us. I, I want to pray like that because they saw it. You know, I'm praying that God will open our eyes that we will watch and we'll be like, just like disciples. We'll watch, into, to, we'll watch so intently that we will say, oh God, God, teach me to pray. Have you ever been around a strong prayer warrior? Have you ever been around a strong prayer warrior? Have anybody ever been around a strong prayer warrior? You know, 
and, and, you know, and, and, you know, if you see a, a person that really knows how to pray, listen to me, everybody look this way. When you see somebody who really knows how to pray, you know, you know, if you're spiritual, you're like, man, I want to pray like that. Because if you don't know nothing else, you know that those prayers got to be going somewhere. It, 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 it gets down into the, the fabric of your soul. And so here Jesus is praying, and they, they understand his success. They're seeing Jesus do all these miracles. They're seeing Jesus change his world, change his environment. And they say, teach us, I want to pray just like that. And Jesus doesn't pull out this big old book and, you know, this big old instruction, uh, instruction manual. He just simply, he pulls them aside, and he says, he says, pray this, pray this way. Now, the model prayer, Jesus never intended it to be something that we just recite. How many know that you can recite the Lord's Prayer in about 15 seconds? Right? Some of us can do it quicker than that. How many know it was never, how many, know, how many believe Jesus spent more than 15 seconds praying and talking to God? Come on, church, right? I mean, you spend a whole lot more than 15 seconds talking to God. So the model prayer is the framework by which all prayers ought to be prayed. Are, are, are you with me? Say amen. amen. So when it, so you ever have somebody say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Talking to the Lord. Lord, 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 give me a verse, Lord, that, that show me. Got a verse in the Bible that, that, that teaches us how to pray. Well, this is it right here. So watch this. So all prayers that are prayed, listen to me should be within the context of the Lord's prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Jesus, when Jesus said pray like this, he was giving them an outline, and he was saying, now, here's the outline that you are to follow. He did not mean, mean it needed to be something that we just kind of chant, walk away from it, and leave it. He meant this to be something by which how we approach and how we communicate with God. So every prayer, every situation that you have, you need to import it within the context of the model prayer. So I don't care what your situation is, whatever your situation is, we're going we're gonna to kind of dissect it a little bit here this morning. But whatever your situation is, you ought to take the Lord's Prayer and let that be your guideline. This is simply meant as a guideline. And I tell you what will happen. You won't have no problem praying no more. And so what Jesus did was, so Jesus, he gave them this outline. He said, okay, here's how you pray. And let's start with, let's just start with the first one. He says, our Father in heaven. Now let, let's start right there. Now, first of all, you got to understand the Jewish mind, and even some religious minds today, and some uh, religions. But, you know, to many people, it's really offensive to call God Father. I mean, Jesus comes into this, he comes on the scene, and he says, pray this way, our Father. Which Father speaks to intimacy? How many know that God wants an intimate relationship with you? Amen. See, I, see how, how many of you, I mean, when you have a healthy relationship with your Father, I'm talking about a healthy relationship. You know, when there's a healthy relationship with the Father, you know, you're not afraid to go to your Father, right? Daddy, whatever you need. Daddy, hey, Dad. Dad, I need help. Dad, I need money. How many of you have heard that over and over and over again? And well, they ain't shy about it. Amen. But Father speaks to God wanting to have a relationship. This is what Jesus was communicating. 
Simply that when you pray, start praying like this. Address him as your father. In fact, I like this verse in Romans 8.15. Write it down. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage to give me fear, but, re but you received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's the same way it means daddy. In fact, I love this verse. The Bible says that in Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly, everybody say boldly, to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. Is there anybody in here that needs God's mercy? He said we can come boldly. Listen, he's our father. We can come boldly to the throne. We don't have to come as a beggar. Oh, God, God, please, God, please don't hurt me. He says, listen to me. He says, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. So when it comes to prayer, understand this. You're not to come as a beggar. How many know that you have a right to be in God's presence? Now, some of y'all, some of y'all thought I just preached heresy when I said that. You have a right to come to the, your throne, to your daddy, and ask for some stuff. Why? Because Jesus did it. His blood enable you to be able to come before God clean as if you never sinned a day in your life. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. He's made it so that you can come to the Father, listen to me church, clean. How many know that's the blood of Jesus? He washed you clean. How many know your sins, your trespasses, it has all been forgiven. So what? I don't need to come to God feeling all guilty and all. I need to come to my daddy with faith. I need to come to my daddy boldly. Everybody say boldly. Hebrews 4.15. I love this verse. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Come on, church. But was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. How many know Jesus is God in flesh? Jesus is God in flesh. And so, so understand something. That God sympathizes. He knows what you're going through. Isn't that good? One of the reasons why Jesus did what he did was, was so that he could sympathize with you. He understands your problems. He understands your pain. How many know that God is on your side? How many know that when, listen to this, get this one. How many know that when you sin, God is still on your side? So, come on, church. How many are blown it miserably? And people will let you down every time. Am I right about it? Boy, people will drop you like a hot potato. Boy, they will cut you. Boy, you blow them. They'll leave you. They'll leave you. But how many know Jesus said, I believe the word of God. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, church. So I know that no matter what happens, I can go to my father. And I know that if you don't like me, if you don't receive me, if God be for me, we said it last week, who can be against me? How do you know he's with all of us? Amen. So I can come to my father. Don't get an attitude with me. I go to my daddy. Don't mess with me. I go to my daddy. That's what you need to tell some folks that's messing with you. They'll get, they'll get up off your then. Say, leave me alone. Don't let me have to go talk to my daddy. And you don't want to mess with my daddy. Now, I'm telling you. You don't want to mess with daddy. Because I got access. Everybody say access. Now he says also in this prayer, he says, hallowed be thy name. Now keep in mind, and I don't want us to get carried away here. I want us to think. So as you think about yourself, you're going to, you're going to pray to God. So when you start praying to God, this is what Jesus was communicating. Okay, you want to come to him understanding that that's your daddy. He's your father. But, but also, hear this, we need to reverence his name. 
Everybody say reverence. reverence. I heard one person was talking one time and, and it kind of bothered me what they said. I think I remember, I think I understood what they were trying to say, but it just kind of, you ever had somebody say something and it's not really necessarily wrong, but it just ain't right? You know what I'm saying? And, and I, give, I have a problem when people say that Jesus is my buddy. You ever hear that? Jesus, I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up now. Hold up. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Come on. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the first and the last. He is the creator of all things. He has all power in his hand. How many know we need to honor his name? Respect him. Everybody say respect. You see, you ought to get to a point that nobody who around you, don't let nobody take the name of your Lord in vain. First of all, you better not do it. Because his name is to be referenced. Don't let nobody get away with taking God's name. You know, I, don't, I can't say it, I can't even do it, but y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all know what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. As I stop anybody who's around me and they take the Lord's name in vain. I stop, hold up, what did God have to do with that? Why'd you put God into that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't do that again, brother. Because I'm a child of the king. His name is to be reverenced. The Bible says, watch this. The Bible says concerning Jesus that his name is above every name that is named. The ethnic name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Everyone's going to bow down and worship. So we need to reverence our God. We need to understand who it is that we're talking to. I got a couple of verses just to kind of give you an idea, just so you can, you can write these down. I'm going to read them real fast. Deuteronomy 32, 39. Now see that I, even I, am he. And there is no God beside me. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, nor is there any who can deliver out of my hand. Somebody say that's power. Hebrews 6, 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Everybody say that's power. How many know there's nobody greater than God? God had to swear by himself. Abraham, I'm going to make you a promise, but I got to swear by myself because ain't nobody greater than me. Isaiah 66, 23. I, I don't know about you, but I love bragging about God. Yes, sir. And it shall come to pass that from the new one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Isaiah 45, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How do you know that he's a strong God? He's a mighty God. He is God the creator. Everybody say creator. And so we got to respect him. And so when we come before God, listen to me, I said this earlier, but don't get too familiar. Don't get too comfortable with your God. Don't just come up to God any old kind of way. You hear what I'm saying? You come, you bow before him. You, he's your father, but make sure you worship him and make sure you reverence him. Amen? And then he says, watch this. Here's another point that Jesus made in his prayer. He says, your kingdom come. Everybody say, God's kingdom come. Say it nice and loud. God's kingdom come. Now understand something. That God's kingdom means his rule and his authority. All right? Kingdom has a king that rules. Every kingdom has laws, right? Every kingdom has ethics. Every kingdom has a way by which it is operated and run. And how many know that God's kingdom has a rule? 
God's kingdom has principles. And so listen, church, so we are to pray every single day, God, your kingdom come. Now, it's okay to listen. I'm an American, and I love this country. Come on, somebody say to me, you love this country? I have to know God has blessed our country. But do you not know that your first allegiance is to the kingdom of God above every other country? Because the Bible says that the kingdom of this world, watch this church, will become the kingdoms of our God, church, and he shall, everybody say he, shall reign forever. So watch this. So, so my attitude, so when we talk about, we come to God in prayer, we need to say, Lord, your kingdom come. Now understand something. If you are a child of God, if you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, you have the kingdom of God living down on the inside of you. If you're submitted to his kingdom. So watch this. So watch this. Everywhere you go, the kingdom goes. Y'all hear that? Y'all need to get excited. Come on. I want you to think about this. So watch this. Look at, in, in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. This, this, is, this, is, this is wonderful. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed, everybody say indeed, the kingdom of God is within where? You. Now, in order for the kingdom of God to be realized in you, you must, you must be submitted to the kingdom. So that means that wherever you go, the kingdom of God goes. And when you and when, listen to me, and wherever you go, you take his ethics and his morals, anything that supports the kingdom, you support. If it listen, if it don't support the kingdom of God, what do you do? I don't want it. Now, some of us now, some of us, come on, let's be honest. Some of us we fill our minds with the, come on with the ideas of the world, and that seems normal and natural to us. And the people try to tell you that you're an outcast, that you're outdated, and that you're wrong. How many know that you got to make up in your mind whose kingdom are you going to serve? Can I can I say it? Come on, church. Are we going to serve the Lord? Or who, who are we? If we say we're going to be a Christian, now how many know that we got to we got to we got to promote the kingdom? I'm going to promote, the, everywhere I go, I'm promoting the values of the kingdom. It ain't got nothing to do with personality. It ain't got nothing to do with, you can call me a bigot. How many know that sometimes they call Christians now bigot? Are you hearing me? They refer to you as bigots. That's because you're narrow-minded. Well, I'm sorry. Jesus said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find that. I want to be where life is. How do you believe that Jesus is life? So I'm going to pray his kingdom come. Watch this church. Then he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, well, this is a, this is a big one. <laughs> Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This sometimes can be a little tricky because every one of us got a will, Right? Oh, boy, come on, somebody, help me. Amen. Jesus said it like this. He says, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Can, can anybody, listen to me, church, it ain't that hard, isn't it? You know what Jesus is saying right there? He's saying that when you come to me, you got no life. You, your, your life died. Y'all don't want to hear this, do you? 
No, no. When you come to Christ, don't you know the Bible says that you are dead and your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. The only life you got is in Christ. The only life you got is in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. And so when it comes to the will of God, many of us are conflicted or we have a conflict. Because sometimes, oftentimes, we'll discover that the Bible sometimes contradicts even what we, <laughs> stuff that we believe. How many of you have ever had the Bible clash with what you believe? Jesus demonstrated it perfectly. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verses 41 and 42. You still with me? Say amen. He said, and when he was withdrawn, listen to me, and he, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, Jesus, saying, Father, now listen to this, church. He says, Father, if it is your will. All right? So watch this. All kingdom life, as we approach God, him in church, when you approach God in prayer, you always approach it from the standpoint, God, if it be your will. In the sense that I'm committed to his will. Whatever God wants, whatever his revealed will is in his word, I'm committed to his will. This is why we talk about when you know how to pray. See, see, when, you, when, you, when your desires are linked up with God's desires, you can ask what you will and it will be done because you're linked up with God. You're in sync with him. You're committed to his will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this, church. So Jesus says, if it be your will, watch this, take this cup away from me. How many of you got some cups that you've been asking God to take away from you? But some of you have been trying to drink it. The cup you got, boy, you drinking it? God, take it. I don't want this. I don't like it. Give me your cup. I like your cup a little bit better. No, you can't have my cup. You got to drink your own cup. How many know God has given all of us a cup to drink? And some of us right now, I'm looking at your face. Some of you got cups right now, boy, you just, you just mad. And you, here's the problem. Until you learn to digest that cup, you won't get freedom. You won't get freedom until you embrace what, listen to me, everybody say embrace. embrace. You got to embrace what God is doing in your life, knowing that in the end you win. All things work together for good. It does, and anybody really believe that? I don't matter what's going on in my life, I know it's going to work in my favor. So watch this. So everybody got a cup, and Jesus is Father. He said, now, if it be possible, now, Jesus didn't say that because he didn't want to die on the cross. He came. He knew he was supposed to die. That was the mission. But at that very moment, he was about to take on all the sins of the world. And he had to be separated from the Father, but for a moment. And he said, Father, I, I don't like this. He says, but, but, but nevertheless. Everybody say, nevertheless. nevertheless. God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. God, if you want me to love that no good, God, I'll do it. God, if you want me to forgive that person, God, I'll do it. God, if you want me to hold my temper and not knock that person out, and I'll do it. That's what it means. It means that, watch this, your will, get, listen, as it is in heaven, his will be done on earth. It simply means that I am to embrace the will of God. I heard one, one preacher one time, a well-known preacher was talking one time, talking about an issue, a very controversial issue in our society today. And, uh, 
and they asked him the question, and he said his, his answer was, he was kind of skipping all around it. You know, it's a shame when you got a preacher, a man of God, a man or woman of God, who's skipping around the issues because they're, they're afraid to offend somebody. I mean, know that if you love people, you got to love them enough to tell them the truth. Love always speaks the truth, church. And, and so, and, and the answer he gave was, and he said it so weak, he says, oh, yes, I, I believe the, the Bible condemns it. But he said it as if, like, this is how he said it. He said it like this. Uh, yeah, um, that, that's true, but, but, but really, this is what the Bible said, but I don't really agree with it. Well, then, then you ain't committed to his will. Because come and know that Jesus didn't walk around saying, well, hey, this is what my father said, but I don't really agree with it. How far do you think he would have got? Jesus embraced. Everybody say embrace. embrace. We have to embrace the will of God. His ethics, his moral, his kingdom. We have to embrace it. Because when we don't truly embrace it, then we don't have any capacity to change anything. How many know that we have been sent here by God to change the world? You guys sit you on, how many know that you're here on a mission? You're not just here sucking up air. You're not just walking the earth to you, singing cool by y'all, just waiting to Jesus come back and, and stay in your house and don't talk to nobody and just, oh, I'm just waiting for the rapture. They just pray God take you home today. Say, Lord, take me out because I ain't going to do nothing. But if you want to, if you want to, how many of you want to change the world? How many of you want to make a difference? Come on. So watch this church. So I got to be committed to his will. I got to be committed to his will. I got to embrace his will. Now watch this. The next point Jesus said. He said, give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> how many know the bread in the Bible represents God's provision? God wants to provide for us every single day. Now, it's interesting in that verse. Look at the context of that verse. He says, give us, let me, let me put my glasses on because I can't read it without my glasses. He says, give us day by day, verse 3, our daily. Everybody say daily. Amen. Now, he didn't say, watch this, give us our annual bread. He didn't say, give me my, my two year, give me bread for two years, Lord. Because had he said that, you might not come back and talk to him for two years. He said, my daily bread. You know why? Because every single day, God wants you to depend on him. Yes. He wants you to come to him every day. He wants you to depend on him for your food, your clothing, your kids' education, your finances. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? How do you know God wants you to come to him every day? And because some of us, let's be honest, we are used to doing it on our own. But he says, watch this. He says, give us this day, day by day, our daily. Everybody say, daily. daily. Our daily bread. That means that God wants to help us every day. He's a provider. How many know that God wants you to ask? You know, sometimes people, you know, the Bible says sometimes you have not because you what? Some of you right now, you want something from God, but you ain't ever asked him. You ever ask him? Maybe you ask, you just might get it. God wants you. God loves it when his kids come to him and say, help. God loves it when his kids come to him and say, I have a need. God loves that. We have our consecration week, and I pray, and I hope and pray that many of you, we give you heads up. 
if you're really serious about this thing and you want God to move, consecration week, we, we're, we're going to be here five nights in a row. I pray that you can mark the schedule, take leave from work, and let's take a week and fast and seek God. I mean, I mean, seek God. I'm not talking about no, I'm talking fast, pray, and call out on the name of the Lord. I bet you God will move. Amen. I know he'll move. Because God wants his kids to come to him every single day. And you've got to fight against your own self. How many of you have to fight against yourself? Because you will run and you won't talk to God. You've got to fight yourself. I've got to depend on him. Maybe that's what God wants. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Right? But by every word. So God wants how many know bread is supposed to be taken in daily. So how many know the word of God is like bread? Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. So how many know bread? You're supposed to, listen, you need bread and food to live. I mean, come on, somebody. That's what God designed. So he wants you to come and take his bread every day. Everybody say, in his word, every day. See, this, this is bread. Some of you ain't ate all week. That's why you're spiritually malnourished. I don't know what that means, but I clean my Bible. But spiritually, we're malnourished. How many know that you got to take in his word every day? And they got technology now. There is no excuse. I mean, they got devotion, though. They got podcasts, and you can get them on a digital, and you can get them on the... I mean, you, there's no reason why nobody shouldn't be taking in the word of God every single day. How many know you need God's word every day? Every day. I, I mean, I, need, I don't know about you, but I'm not a, I need his word every single day. I got a thing on my phone. I got it set. I got, I got a devotion on my iPad. The pops up the first thing in the morning. It pops on my iPad. My alarm goes off. Then my devotion pops right up. My first thoughts, won't, I wanted to be on God. My first thoughts, I want to set the tempo for the rest of the day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So give us this day our daily bread. How many know? How many know? It's, you, remember, you remember this? You remember the children of Israel when, uh, how many of you remember the story about the manna? When, when God, God gave the children of Israel manna from heaven. How do you know that's a miracle? When God feeds you from heaven, God gave them manna. And you know, you remember God told the children of Israel, he said, now here's what you do. I want you to eat the manna, but you can't, don't try to store it for the next day. Just eat it a day and then be done with it. Now, you know what some of those jokers did? They went and they tried to save the manna. Jesus, he said, no, don't say, look, just eat for today. Remember, day by day, just eat it today. But they went, some of them joking, they went and they said, oh, but you got the wrong manna. I know, I know what the man of God said, but forget that. Don't act like y'all ain't never said that. But, but you know, forget that. I'm going I'm to take this manna. I'm going to have me some tomorrow. And they get up the next morning and rot it. You know why? You know why God did that? And you know why they took it and they took it to save it? How many know that God tests us? And, and, and you, know, you know what the problem was? They took and hid and took the hidden manna because they didn't trust that God was going to provide for them the next day. Some of you right now, you won't pay the tithe right now because you're afraid, honestly, that God ain't going to provide for you to make it. That's all it is. It's a lack of faith. I ain't going to pay no tithe. You, know, you won't pay the 10% because you don't really believe. And here's what happened. It'll rot. It'll rot because it's meant, if you're a child of God, it'll rot. Meaning that it will not have the impact that it should have had or could have. If we give it. So everybody say a test. a test. 
So God wants us to know, Jesus was saying, look, every single day we come to God, we need to reverence him, we need to hallow his name, he's our father, uh, we, you know, we, need, we need to ask him for our daily bread, you know what else we need to do? He says, he says, watch this, forgive us our sin as we forgive others who are indebted to us. Now that's, Matthew's version says, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. As, as So this is now when Jesus goes to the relational aspect of our prayer life. How do you know that God cares about relationships? And Jesus said this. He put this. And some of you, how, how many of you would like Jesus not to have put that in, in that model prayer? I mean, you could have left that one out. Uh-uh. You know, he says, forgive us as. So in other words, Lord, forgive me the same way that I am forgiving those who hurt me. So in other words, the way I'm forgiving others, that's the way I want you to forgive me. So guess what? The way that you don't forgive other people, it's the same way. How many know God's going to hold it against you? He said, listen, the Bible said, Jesus says that if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive you. So watch this. So every day I'm to pray that no bitterness is in my heart. No anger is in my heart. I'm every single day. Listen to me, church. Listen, you are too big. You are too mature. And if you can go over this church for any length of time, you ought to know by now that unforgiveness is not an option. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they said about you. Jesus said that when you pray, pray this way, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we forgive God, I'm going to forgive because this is what you want. And what that simply means is you got to trust God to deal with people that messed over you. <laughs> you got to trust God. See, the Bible talks about, is one verse, it talks about in Hebrews 12, 15. It says, looking carefully, Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. There's a lot of God's people, prayers ain't hitting the ceiling. They ain't getting no deliverance because they are hiding their unforgiveness. And now we, as Christians, we're sophisticated. We know how to say hi and bless you and act like we're good, but then we walk with our hearts. We know our hearts are still fired up. But we know how to hide it. But here's the problem. You can't hide nothing with God. God sees your heart. And watch this. And when that unforgiveness get a hold of us, we get defiled, the scripture says. So I don't know about you, but that's too high of a price for me to pay. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep my heart free and clear. Does anybody, anybody believe in God this morning? I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be bitter because part of my prayer, and I talk to God, so when you're praying every day, one of the things you want to do, pray about the relationship. Pray about people that offended you. Pray about people. Pray, pray to God help them. Pray to God forgive them. Pray to God help you to have the right heart and attitude. I do a lot of that because if, I'm not, if you're not careful, sometimes people's attitude can rub off on you. But if you fortify yourself in prayer every day, you won't let, how many know that when, if you're acting out and you're doing something, it's nobody's fault but your fault? Y'all hear what I'm saying? We can't blame what they made me do it. Flip Wilson don't apply. Flip Wilson don't count. The devil made me, no, the devil ain't make you do nothing. How many of you remember Flip Wilson, did it? Some of us, a couple of us, amen, amen, amen. The devil made me, the devil ain't make you do nothing. They made me so, they didn't make you upset. 
or they made me go off. You went off because you got an internal problem. You got some stuff that you allow to fester up on the inside of you. So deal with it. Look at the name and say, deal with it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> we got to finish. We got another five minutes or so. We, we, we're coming down. Another part of this prayer, Jesus said, every day we got to pray, watch this church, that we do not be led into temptation. Now, how many know that God doesn't tempt any of us with evil? The scripture is clear on that. God doesn't tempt us with evil, neither did he tempts any man. That's John 13, uh, 1 13. God doesn't try to, God doesn't set you up. God ain't going to put something in front of you and say, let's see if he can do it, and, and try to trip you up. How many know the devil tempts you to, to make you fail? But God, God tests you to promote you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the reality of it is, is that, you know, the Bible says that Jesus, when Jesus prayed, y'all remember when Jesus went into the wilderness? The Bible says that in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What was in the wilderness when Jesus got there? The devil was right there, wasn't he? Now, God wasn't setting Christ up to fail, obviously. But like many of us, how many of you go into places, you're, in, you're, you're dealing life every day, and you go into places, and boom, there's a devil right there. How many of you say, you know what I'm talking about? But that's the, the devil right there. Some of you go into work every day, boom, there it is. There's the devil right there. There it is, incarnate right in front of me. Jesus. But you got to deal with it. You still got to maintain. See, the devil wants you to, the devil want to trip you up. He want you, to, he want you to, to lose the grace and the mercy and the favor that God is trying to bring into our lives. And so, so we're going to be tempted. So every day we got to pray, God, help me not to give in to this lust in my flesh. Jesus told Peter, watch and what? Come on, y'all got to stay with me. We're almost done. Come on. What did Jesus, he says, watch and what? Pray. Watch and pray. Because Peter, your spirit is willing, but how many of you say, Pastor, my flesh is weak. So if you got weak flesh, here's how you get rid of it. Here's how you beat down that weak flesh. Pray a lot. Pray a lot. Pray a lot. Whether it's anger, whether it's temptation, whether it's lust, whether it's substance abuse, it doesn't matter what it is. All of us are tempted in certain ways. So every day, here's what I spend some time doing. How many of you know yourself? How many of you know yourself? Raise your hand if you know yourself. So pray in advance. Say, God, help me. Don't let me give in to that today. God, help me every single day. Pray, God, that I don't give in to temptation. And then lastly, he said this. Deliver us from the evil one. This is the model prayer. So Jesus says, so so watch, I want us to keep it in context. So when we pray every day, here's the context. He's our father. Hallowed be your name. We reverence him. We pray that his kingdom come. We accept his will. We embrace it. Okay? And we ask for him to provide for us every day, whatever we need. We ask God, we ask him to forgive us as we forgive others. Watch this. And we're asking him every day, God, don't, don't let me give any temptation, God. Don't, don't let me, God, help me. This is part of your prayer. And then lastly, he says, but deliver us from the evil one. How many know that you're in a war? You know, I, I, I mean, sometimes I don't know, I don't know sometimes, I don't think we always understand that, that some of the battles that we're facing, they're spiritual. 
Some of the some of the strongholds that we're facing, you know, I, I've seen it. I see it so vividly. I, I even see it in, in, in our church and I, I see it on the job. Sometimes I see it in my home. Is anybody, anybody hearing me? There's stuff raging all around me and some stuff come at you. It's like, what in the world is that? What did that? Why? Where did that come from? For you wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6.12, but against principalities. You know the word principality means a prince that, that rules over an area. How many know that they're princes, they're demons that have territories in different cities, different counties? You know, you go to different places. There are principalities. There are spiritual wickedness in high places every day coming up against you, coming up against your family. Unexplained, attacking your children, trying to make you have a wreck on the road, trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to give up. All kinds of stuff are happening. And many of us, we just want, ah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know why this is happening to me. Listen to what I'm trying to say, church. That you're in a war. The Bible says Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And, and the, one of the ways that he do it is to trick you into thinking that he don't exist. That's how he does it. That's how he manipulates a whole lot of people. Husband and wives get into arguments. A lot of times, you don't, the reason why you're in an argument is because the devil the devil's in the house. You gave him a stronghold, and now you're more, you're more concerned about winning the argument than to embrace the person and be made whole. How many know the devil stirs up some stuff? I mean, you know, he's like, he's always staring up some stuff. You got to be smarter. You got to be able to do a dinner. Oh, but that's a double. I ain't letting that up in here. Honey, come here. Let me give you a big old kiss in Jesus' name. I am. No, no, no. I'm not going to, you know, you know, stay away from that. You hate that. No, I'm no. Brothers, sister in the Lord, I want you to know I, I, I thank the Lord for you. Thank you. You know, let me give you one example. Because some of you, we talk about praying. He, Jesus said you got to pray. And Daniel 10 verses 12 and 13, let's write this verse down because I want, you to, I want you to catch this in your spirit because I know sometimes you pray and you think that God, how many of you ever pray and it seemed like God just took too long or God ain't heard you? Has anybody ever been there? I mean, you pray the prayer, man, it seemed like, man, what's, what's up? Look at this. And it says in Daniel chapter 10 verses 12 through 13, look at this. Listen to this. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Now get that. From the very first moment that Daniel prayed, God heard. From the very first moment, whenever you pray and talk to God, you give God a petition, God hears it. Do you hear me? Now watch this. Now watch this. Verse 13. But the prince... Talk about the principalities of Persia. This is spiritual of the kingdom of Persia, which stood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. He's talking spirit here. So twenty-one days. Some of you right now, you've been praying some prayer, man. And it's a delay. And sometimes you think to yourself, because I mean, we've been programmed. How I many know we program ourselves to think that when we pray, stuff's supposed to happen like yesterday? Sometimes it's a delay. Ain't it because God didn't hear you? It's a delay because there's some stuff going on in the background. The enemy is fighting against it. Not, he, he don't want your prayers to get where they need to go. There, there's warfare. 
That's why you've got to get on your knees. You've got to cry out to God. This is why we tell you, man, come to Wednesday prayer. Come to consecration. This is why we tell you, pray. Pray. Because your, your prayer is being delayed because there are spiritual forces of wickedness that are in the background that is messing with your prayers. That is hindering your blessing. And the only one you're going to get free from, you've got to cry out to God. you got to pray. And many of God's people, they walk around, they don't, they just think, man, man, you know, and you give up on God. Well, I guess God ain't hear me. I prayed, but nothing happened. Amen. The devil is a lie. You know God thinks outside of time. His ways are not like your ways. His ways are higher than your ways. So here's the, so here's the key. So I understand that I'm in spiritual warfare. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay faithful. Everybody say stay faithful. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. Some of you right now, you say, man, Pastor, I've been praying for a long time. Ain't nothing changed. Keep praying. Look at the neighbor and say, help is on the way. It's coming. Help is on the way. So listen, so, so this is what we do. So here's what we do. So when you pray, so here's, here's my challenge to each and every one of us. I'm going to challenge you, if you know about heart great, to take the Lord's Prayer, print it up on a card. This is the practical application here. And wherever you pray at every day, because you pray every day, right? Okay. So take the Lord's Prayer, post it someplace where you can see it, okay? And I want you to take your prayer, whatever you got going on in your life, and import it into the context of the Lord's Prayer. Now, why do you do that? Because Jesus said, this is how you pray. So when you pray like he said pray, you will get his results. If you don't pray like he said, see, for example, if he says, pray thy will be done, and then you want to pray something that's against his will, it ain't going to work. You follow what I'm saying? It's not God's will to hate. Come on, somebody. So you can pray about that all you want to. His way is love. So the point is, so take it every day. So here's what I want you to do. For the next, all the way until, all the way through consecration week. All the way through consecration week. And I want you to take that little note, and I want you every single day to pray. So, so follow the pattern that in the Lord's Prayer and pray it. Don't just go pray the Lord's Prayer and pray the words and get up and leave. Y'all pray like we just said. Import your situation into it. And watch what God will do. And we're going to do that. I want to do that for the next few weeks. I also ask the staff, and I'm going to ask each one of you to do the same thing. Consider doing the same thing. I said to the staff last week that everybody take a day, one day in the week, and fast. Either a whole day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, fast, and seek God, you know, every week up to consecration week. Because we're going to pray that God will meet us there. How many of you want God to meet you? So we got to pray now. We got to start preparing. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. Take a day and start fasting and praying now and believing God. How many know that it's never too late to believe God? Now is the time to believe him. And I believe that God is going to help us in an amazing way. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Thank you, Lord. We're sitting here this morning and everything I just said to you. Everything I just said to you doesn't quite resonate yet because in reality, you haven't given your life to Jesus. Jesus came to save that which was lost. 
He died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And as a consequence of our turning our lives over to Jesus, he gave us the privilege to pray. As it relates to sinners, the only prayer that God hears is a prayer that surrenders or is ready to give their life to him. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you really have never given your life to Jesus. Perhaps you've come to church, you have religion, but you've never given your heart to Jesus. It's a heart matter. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. Or, Pastor, I'm not really sure if I'm saved. Maybe you just kind of feel like, you know what, you just did some, some horrible things and, and, and you know, you just, you just don't feel God. You don't, you don't feel like that you're surrendered to him. You know your heart. You know where you are with God. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to him today. Is there one who say, Pastor Gary, I'm not a child of God, but I'm ready to give my life to him today. I'm ready to go all the way with Jesus. I'm ready to go all the way. I'm ready to go all the way. Is there one? Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you did give your life to Jesus, but you're in a backslidden state. Maybe you gave your life to Christ years ago, but you never really surrendered your life to him or it's been, you've been absent for a while, absent in heart towards your God. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I've just been, you know, I, I need to get back. I need to get back into fellowship with God. I've been distant. Is there one? Just slip your hand up and come get right with him today. That's what the altar is about. It's about getting right with him. It's about restoring some things. That's love. That's, a, that's his grace, his love, and his compassion. Is there one? Is there one? Maybe you need prayer for anything whether it's a relational issue, whether it's some kind of a personal struggle, whatever it might be. I want you to know this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit that there's help up here for you today. Do not leave this church the same, but be changed in Jesus' name. Need prayer for anything. I just want to open the altar just for a moment for anybody who need prayer for anything. I just want to open the altar. And ask God to come. Ask God to come and help us. Whatever's on your heart, it's between you and God. I'm just going to touch and agree with you. I'm just going to touch and agree with you that God will come to you. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but whatever it is, there's help for you this morning. Say, Pastor, I need, I need prayer. I need God's help right now. I need God's help. Maybe somebody sitting here this morning, they just feel desperate. They're, the, they're at their wit's end. They don't really know what to do. Not really sure what to do. There's help here at the altar this morning. That's what the altar means. It's a place of help. It's a place of help.
Father, in Jesus' name. God, you see the hearts of those who are up front this morning, God. They're here, God, because they believe that you can help them. God, whatever the issue is, whatever brought them to the forefront this morning, God. God, I'm asking that you will honor their faith, Lord. They got out of the chair and they came up, Lord, to ask for help. And Father God, I touch and agree with my brothers, Lord, and with my sisters, Lord. That they are healed in Jesus' name. Father God, heal. God, set free. God, deliver. God, answer them, Lord God. Quickly, Holy Spirit. And I pray against the forces of darkness. The schemes of the enemy that will try to frustrate this family in any way. No weapon formed against them will be able to prosper, not one. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There's power in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray this morning, God, that you would reveal your power and your glory to each and every one of them, Lord. I pray, God, that whatever is broken, that you would fix it, Lord. Whatever needs healing, that you would heal it, Lord. Whatever needs deliverance, that you would deliver, Lord. Whatever needs grace, that you would give it, God. You are the help of our salvation. You are our hope this morning. You are our joy. You are our healer, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Come, Lord God, and honor the faith of these who have walked up front, Lord God, and show them your glory. In other words, God, reveal to them, God, just how mighty you are through your healing power. Help, Lord. Give them victory. Now, this is a, an act of faith. I want all of you who are at front at the altar here, I just want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Your word is true. I thank you that you always hear me, that you are faithful to me, that your love never fails. I trust you. I surrender to you. I accept. I receive your victory. I am I am victorious in Jesus. I am a winner in Christ. I will, I have overcome all the attacks of the enemy. I receive your victory. I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. I receive hope. In the name of Jesus, we pray.